Welcome to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan, and thank you so much for joining us today. We know that uh, there's so many other things going on, so many other things you could be listening to right now, but you have decided to listen to what God has in store for you on this podcast. So we just pray and ask that God would bless you in this sermon Thank you again for joining us. Don't forget, you are part of the Rock Creek Family Church family. Book of Malachi, chapter 1. I'm going to start reading at verse 6, and then I'm going to eventually go to 1 Chronicles, and then go to 2 Chronicles. Um, you uh, You ever had God show up and hit you with something that you actually thought you were okay with until he hit you with it? Let me, let me go a little further with that. How many of you just was okay in neutral? <laughs> Coasting, and then God calls you on it. Well, the, the great thing about being a preacher is that when God calls you on it, he then has to turn around and call everybody else on it too. Now, um, just... In my time of prayer, all the way back in November, um, early part of November, I was praying and what I thought was doing what I was supposed to be doing at the time I was supposed to be doing it. And God, um, He dropped this passage of Scripture in my in my heart, and I fought with Him over it for just a little bit. I, I, I wrestled with Him, but I've learned. In my old age, I've learned to wrestle with God and not against God. And that when I wrestle with God and I embrace Him in the wrestling, that I might walk out with a limp, but I walk out with a new identity. And God's been dealing with me over this to get actually prepared for this upcoming year. Um, before I read this, I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. How many of you want to see the glory of God? I, I hope I hope you mean that. And I hope you mean that with all your heart. Because that's going to be tested. If it hasn't already. I say that very sober-minded. Um, God is calling us this year to place our offering of convenience down and to pick up something that's going to be able to move the heart of God. And for those of you that want to see the heart of God moved, um, we're going to have to sacrifice that offering of convenience. Because the, the church is entering into an age where it can't worship convenience anymore. Um, how many of you read the book of Acts before? How many of you read the letters to the seven churches? Get ready to enter into that time again. Where we're entering into that time frame again. It's coming back around full circle. And if you've ever read the book of Acts, if you've ever read the letters to the seven churches, 
God calls His people up and out of convenience, and He calls them to a heart that is completely surrendered. How many of you have walked with God long enough to know that it's not always all about convenience? Some of you, some of you found that out already. Malachi, chapter 1, starting at verse 6. A son honors his father. No, yeah, I don't think we have it on the screen, so if you don't have your Bible or your, your Bible app's not working, just listen up. A son honors his father, and a servant will always honor his master. If then I am the father, then where is my honor? And if I am a master, then where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? Where you offer defiled food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible? And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. But now, entreat God's favor. That he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. If you have your Bible and you're a quick flipper, you can go on over to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Um, we'll go there in just a minute. But I, I need to set this up first. Um, 1 Chronicles, Chronicles 29 is where we'll go next. And then 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Um, so what's going on in the book of Malachi? Some have labeled Malachi as um, the, the book of offering because that's where we see it being addressed in multiple ways in that book. Um, even whenever you get to the point where it says, like, would a man rob God of the tithe and the offering to be brought into his storehouse? And it says, test me on this and would I not pour out a blessing on you? Preachers like that one. Uh, we like that one because uh, really it boils it down to there's only two things you can do with a tithe. You can either steal it or you can give it. There's really no other way to, to offer a tithe. It's either given completely wholeheartedly or it's stolen. I mean, that's the only two ways God looks at it. And we don't like that verse because it kind of cuts down to our heart and the quick of who we are a lot of times. Because when God starts dealing with the pocketbook, He starts getting really personal, doesn't He? Right? When God starts dealing with the offering, He starts dealing with us in a personal manner. And I've learned a lot of times those that have issues when God starts dealing with that are usually those that are a little bit out of the line in that. Including myself sometimes when I get caught up in the doing instead of the being. Here's what I mean by that. 
when when God dropped that passage of scripture in my heart, at first I was like, God, uh, you, you talking to me? <laughs> um, uh, you, you, is this something you want to say to me, or is this something I'm just supposed to pass along? And uh, God said, no, I'm dealing with you about this. And I said, at first, I, at first I'm not going to lie, I just kind of tabled it, and you kind of said, well, let's, let's move on and deal with some other stuff first. And, and it wouldn't go away. So I said, okay, God, if we're going to deal with it, then I'm going to deal with it. And I've learned. I've learned sometimes it's better, it's better to deal with the pain of the surgery than it is the pain of trying to get around it, get away from it. And so I said, okay, God, let's do some surgery. And so I, I, I read this again, and, and really what this is about is that God is calling out His people, his, his, his priesthood. In fact, in this situation, He's calling His people out for giving to Him um, a lame offering. No other way to put it. It is a lame offering. What do you mean by a lame offering? Uh, well, what it means is that um, it was a little inconvenient to really seek out the best to give to Him. In fact, it was, became a little more convenient to keep the best for myself and just to give Him something that was broken and messed up and uh, not the best. And what I mean by this is there was, there was a, an order to serving God. There was an order to serving God in that Old Testament way of serving God, and it was to bring God your best. And if it was going to be a sheep, make sure it was a good one, right? Make sure it wasn't a funny looking one, or a crippled one, or a blind one, or uh, make sure that it didn't have spot or blemish. And all of that was done to set up what Christ was to be for us, right? Everybody got that? Y'all are either asleep or, I, or I'm, a, I'm about to put you there. Y'all good? All right. Um, and so God set this up. Say, if you're going to bring me an offering, bring me, bring me the best. So we call that the offering of first fruits in, in other ways. Right? Bring me, bring me the best. Give, give, give me the best. And, uh, well, they, they kept bringing stuff, but it, it moved from the best to well, maybe second best because I just don't have time to really do my best. I, I just... Uh, I'll just bring you what I've got. And we'll just thank God for His grace and His mercy that He accepts that. Right? Um, so what was happening is, is the Bible said that they were doing so in a way that they were despising His name. Now that word despise, or that phrase to despise His name means they did not esteem Him as high and holy in their life. He was not the highest in their life. He was not the holiest in their life. He was not to be esteemed that highly. He was just something to do because it was something we're supposed to do. And so sometimes when God deals with us about that, I pray, God, what do you mean? What, what, what's going on? What, what, in what ways have I done this? And God dealt with me basically and said, when... You've replaced what is desired by what is required. You've done this. Um, 
So I, I stand before all of, all of you to say that um, I'm praying that God brings me back to that place where it is a great desire instead of a great require. And that when you delight yourself in the Lord, that you realize it's not about just doing what's required. It's about doing what He has desired. Let me go a little deeper with this. There was another guy in Scripture who was a couple, couple years before what I just read you. They had such a desire to do something for God, something big and something grand and something great. He had such a desire to do this for God that he actually started making plans to do that. And as he began to make these plans to do that, God stepped in and said, Time out, brother. This is not for you to do. The guy I'm speaking of is David. Maybe you know who David is in Scripture. All right. David said, I have such a desire to build you a house, God. I want to build this for you. I want to do this for you. This is, this is, it. This is what I know that I've got to do. And, and he started making plans to do that. And God stepped in and said, well, time out, brother. Um, this is not for you to do. This is for your, your son Solomon to do. And uh, David, David started pouting. And said, fine then, Lord, forget it. Then I'm not going to do nothing. How many of you know your Bible better than that? I hope so. If you don't, you better start. David had a choice to make. He had a choice to then just bring God what was required. And just keep coasting in neutral or he had a choice to say okay then Lord let me come into a proper alignment to do what you desire and let what I desire be the same thing that you desire and let's see what God can do with that this is the same David that we read that in his lowest time of life he says you can take everything away from me, Lord, but just don't take away your presence. C.S. Lewis once said that if we live for the next world, then God will also add this world to it. But if we live only for this world, most likely we'll lose both. Jesus said it this way, you can have the whole world, but lose your soul. Right? David was caught up in a moment where he had to realize, am I going to come into alignment with God what you desire? Or am I just going to give what is simply required? I want you to go to now First Chronicles chapter 29. And I want you to see what David did in response to that. And then I want you to see what God does in response to that, to what David did. I want you to see what happens 
When God brings us to a moment where He says, what do you want? What do you want? Now let me tell you what I want. And let's see if they could come together. And let me show you what happens when those things come together. What, respond, what the proper response is. And David gave us a glimpse of what proper response God will give to us. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump around just a little bit. Because I, I really wish I could read the whole thing to you. But... Um, so, First Chronicles 29 verse 1 says, Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. And the work is great. Right? It's a big work he's going to do. He's got a big job. He's got a big responsibility put on his shoulders. He has a huge responsibility that he's about to step into. A big calling. Now everybody wants to be Moses, but nobody wants to deal with the anointing that was on him because it's a lot of responsibility. Everybody wants to be a David, but nobody wants to deal with the responsibility and the anointing that's on him because it's a big anointing and a big responsibility. And everybody would like to be Solomon until you realize what responsibility was on his shoulders. This is why God said, be careful when you want to be a preacher or teacher or leader in a church, because there's a lot of responsibility placed on you, and with that comes, with that comes a judgment. So be careful with that. And David, who realized, okay, this is not my call to do what I want to do, so let me come into alignment and do what you want, God. And so let me begin to raise Solomon in a way where he will honor you. And let me start holding back everything I can so that when it's Solomon's time, he can build the temple. Let me start preparing. Let me start giving an offering of myself in so many ways and stockpiling that up so that when God is ready to do it through him, everything Solomon needs is going to be there and prepared for him. David said, I know I can't do it, but instead of pouting about it, instead of whining about it, instead of griping about it and getting mad at God about it, then I will say, God, whatever, what it is that you want, I'll do it. I'm not in it for the fame. I'm not in it for the, 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 the big name and the big lights. I'm in it to say, God, what is it that you want more than anything? Oh, I wish there was at least one person in this building that would say amen to that. That you've come to a place in your life where you say, God, whatever it is you want, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. And then you realize, it says, this is a big work. Solomon's got a big work to be done. Why is this a big work? Why is it hard? Gives us the answer in the next part of that verse. It says, because the temple is not meant for man, but it's meant for the Lord God. You ever wondered why serving God can be hard sometimes? Because it's not meant for man. It's meant for Him. Some things are worth working hard for. Right? 
Nobody has to say amen to this, okay? I can say this because my poor wife is stuck at home with a migraine right now, so I can say this. Why is a marriage hard? Why is it, why is it difficult sometimes? Nobody point fingers and say because of him or her. Now, why, why is it hard? Why is raising a family hard? Doing clearance shopping the other day. Anybody know? Anybody, anybody, anybody choose to shop with Clarence? Me and Clarence hang out a lot. And I was doing the after Christmas. Me and Clarence were shopping. And I saw a guy. He had three kids. And he was doing everything he could do to shop and wrangle them at the same time. And I could tell he was getting onto them, not in a bad way. It, it wasn't, you could just tell he was, he was trying everything he could to keep them in line. And I'm watching this kind of out of the corner of my eye. And I'm watching it, watching really more than I'm shopping because this is kind of comical for me because I've been there where he has, where he's been. And then finally he gets them all together. And we're at Lowe's. He gets them all together and he, he says, if you don't sit down right here in this aisle, I will go to the rope section and I will tie all of you up and tie you down right here against this sawhorse right now. And I kind of chuckled. I couldn't hold it in any longer. And he looks over at me. And he gives me this. And, he's, and then I kind of look at him and I give him that little crooked grin that I have. And he says, why is this so hard? And I said, because you're trying to do it the right way. He says, Solomon's got a big job. And it's hard because this is not just for man. This is for someone who is way more than that. Someone who deserves more. Someone who, who is in respected, who should be respected more. Someone who should be esteemed more. This is not just something mundane that we just get through because it's required. This is something that we bring because we desire to do it. I want you to skip on down to verse 9. It says, Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David also rejoiced. So what's going on here? is David is realizing his time is drawing to an end and he's setting up Solomon. And at this transition period, you ought to hear what he says. He says, Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is Yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And You are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor, they come from You. And You reign over it all. In Your hand is power and might. In Your hand it is to make great 
and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank You and praise You in Your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer such, such willingness at this time? For all things come from You. And of Your own we have given You. For we are all aliens and pilgrims before You. As, we are all your fa- as were all of our fathers. Our days on the earth are as a shadow and without hope. O oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build You a house for Your holy name is from Your hand and is all Your own. He's going on to basically say, I have stockpiled all of this up because it's all yours in the first place, right? I've brought this offering of what is desired because this is what you have desired. I've done this because you've asked that this because this is your will to be done. And not just because I've tried to twist you and bend you to do what I want done. Lord, you've bent me down so that I will do what you want done. And so now, we as, a, as an assembly, as a group of people, and myself, we have brought before you not an offering of convenience, but we've brought before you an offering of a loyal heart and a full heart that wants to do nothing more but glorify your name. Do you get the paraphrase? you get that? Now, because of David's response and because David said, let me come into alignment and give you what you desire, Lord. Because I want my desire to be your desire. Because, because of that, because we do all of this and we, we give all of this to you, we lay all of this down before you. Because of that, Lord, now we put it in your hands to respond the way you want to respond. And how does God respond to this? What does God do when you bring this type of desired offering before Him instead of a lame required offering before Him? What does God do? I'm so glad you asked. 2 Chronicles chapter 5. Solomon takes all of that was given and he builds a glorious temple with it. And after he builds a glorious temple with it, 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, and it says, And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sacrificed or sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites, who were the singers, all of those of Asaph and Heman and Jedithan and all their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them 120 priests surrounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in the praising and the thanking of the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and the cymbals and the instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good and His mercy endures forever, that the house, oh, the house of the Lord, as if He needs to make sure you understand whose house this is, right? 
the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not even continue to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. It got smoky up in there, didn't it? No, really, that's what it was. The Hebrew version of that is it's a, it's a smoke. What smoke? Smoke is when fire comes to consume something. It produces a smoke. God came down in, in a smoke, in a cloud, because He'd already consumed the offering that David brought that was a desired offering, not a required offering. It was an offering that says, whether it's convenient for me or not to do so, I'm going to bring it to you, Lord. Whether it was what I originally wanted or not, I'm going to bring you what you want. I'm going to lay myself down and I'm going to give to you. I'm going to lay my lame offering down and I'm going to give you what you want. And here's what I heard the Lord say about three days ago. God said, I have a fire prepared for my church. And all I'm waiting for is an offering to lay on it. I hope you're as sober as I am right now. God has some very big plans for His church in this day and in this hour. And God has allowed some of us to be shaken in such a way where really all we have left is Him. And that's right where God wants you. Where it's not about, it's not about might or power or our strength or our ability. But it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. Now, maybe you want to see the glory of God. Matt, can y'all come or you come or whoever? Um, as they get ready to play and we get ready to pray. I'm going to ask us all to stand here in just a minute and I want you to realize that we all have a lame offering. It's finally what I come down to with the Lord. I said, God, my, my best offering is lame. My best offering is brokenness. That's, that's the best that I have. He said, I know. That's why I ended that passage of Scripture in Malachi chapter 1 with, would we now esteem God's favor? Which means what He cares about mostly 
is that you bring with your heart what you have to Him. And as you bring that to the foot of the cross, as you bring that to Jesus Christ, you realize that your brokenness is made whole when you put your offering in His. That's why Jesus said, I'll make you whole. Not just better. I'll make you whole. What He's talking about, He's talking about, I'll make your lame offering acceptable. I'll make your offering of, of just trying to put it all together and throw it together so that we get it done. Bring it to me with all of your heart. I'll make it whole. And the reason why I want to make it whole is because I have a Holy Spirit I want to consume you with. And He can't consume you until the offering is whole. How many of you want to be consumed by the Holy Spirit? One of my few jobs I have in the house is get to do dishes y'all feel sorry for me I'll give you just a second to do that amen I get to do dishes well in in the sink you know the little drawer below the sink I have a scrubby sponge y'all know what I'm talking about one that get rid of that really tough stuff right you open up that dude, and I haven't used it in a while, and I opened up that dude, looked at it, and it was hard as a rock. And I realized you're not going to get that sponge to come back to life by just putting a drop or two of water on it and hope for the best. You have to submerge that dude in the water kind of is like a picture of baptism, isn't it? John said, I baptize you with water, but one that comes after me, he'll baptize you with a fire and a Holy Spirit. And I think that's what he wants to do in our lives. It's a fresh baptism. It's a fresh yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's a refreshing way to bring your offering before the Lord and watch Him consume it. And as He consumes it, it fills the house with a smoke like the incense on the altar of incense. Like the incense that is before His throne even right now when your prayers go before Him. Now I ask you, how many of you want to see the glory of the Lord? Would you stand? Would you give Him your offering? Would you give Him your offering? Would you give Him your offering?
broken as it is, would you give it to Him? Would you esteem highly the favor and the grace He's given you in this moment? Not take it lightly or for granted? Would you bring to Him what is desired, what He desires, before you bring to Him what you desire? Would you be willing to lay down what you desire and pick up what He desires? Bring Him an offering. Bring Him an offering. Your worship. Of your delight. How many of you delight in Him today? I mean, how many of you can really say with all your heart, He is my joy. He is my strength. He is my refuge. He is my very present help in time of trouble. He is my shepherd. I shall not want. He's my guide. He's my father and gives good gifts. He's my savior. He's my master. He's the sunrise in the morning that gets me up and gets me going. He's the comfort I lay myself down in at night when I need to rest in the Lord. He's my peace when this world is going nuts. When all hell is breaking loose, He's he's my rock that will never, never crumble. I wish I just had one witness in here that would say He is my everything. Go ahead, Brother Matt. If you have anything that the Lord's leading you to, to do right now, here's now your time. Here's now your chance. Bring it to Him. Bring it to Him.
today, our lives, our offerings. I pray, Lord, that we would come to understand what Paul says in Romans 12, that there is a beseech going out from the Holy Spirit. There is a beckoning going out by the voice of the very mouth of God saying to present yourselves 
a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable act of service. Father, I pray over everyone in this room, including and especially my heart, my offering, my life, my body. Pray, O oh Father, that, that as I lay down that offering, that You would consume it. Consume it with the fire of Your Holy Spirit. That I would seek to live for the eternal. That I would bring to You what You desire. Father, I pray over every one of us today that we come under that alignment. And if you heed the call, church, if you really, truly want to see the glory of the Lord in your life, it doesn't happen any other way. no shortcut to this there's every single person in this room there's only two people there's only two types of people in this room those who are living wholeheartedly unto him and those that are not which one are you today which one are you Father, I pray that today we all would live wholeheartedly unto You. That we seek to honor You with all that we are, all that we have, all of our desires, all of our hopes, all of our dreams. We seek to honor You with all of that. Father, if I have but one in this room that would agree to that and say amen, I count myself as blessed. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord one more hand of praise. While you're up, if you do have an offering, let's go ahead and bless that. You can give that, then we'll let you be dismissed. Father, I pray over the offering today that whatever whatever is given, whatever is done, that be done so in accordance with Your will and Your glory for Your namesake. I pray, Lord, over every dollar. God, I can only echo what David said, that it's all Yours. Everything I have is Yours to begin with. It's all Yours. My life is but a vapor. It's all Yours. So I pray, God, that You would receive whatever a blessing I can give to You. You'd receive it with a, a joyous heart. And you would take this offering and you would do incredible things with it. See fit to it that the church has everything it needs to keep being what the church is called to be. Pray, Lord, that you bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need to bring it on up, you can bring it on up at this time.
Thank you so much for listening to the Rock Creek Family Church Podcast. I'm Pastor Jonathan again, and we are so thankful and grateful for you to be here and join us. We ask that you would make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch other podcasts as they come out. Also, if you would rate it and comment, let us know how God has blessed you through this podcast. We love you. We thank you. Have a blessed day.